0: Amen, amen. It's good to be with you guys this morning. So glad I've missed you guys for uh, all these weeks that I've been. You know what? Here's the deal preachers preach. And when preachers don't preach, you know, what's the point? So I get to preach now. I'm so excited. I hope you guys are excited as I am. We're going to be in Leviticus chapter 2 today. Leviticus chapter 2. If you're brand new, you're going Leviticus chapter 2. Yeah, Leviticus chapter 2, this is what we do. We've been in Exodus Leviticus since last uh, October. So, uh, we're going to get in the word of the Lord today. Before that, I want to greet some people, especially those of you watching us online. I want to send a special shout out to Darla and to the residents of Evergreen Senior Living who are watching right now. God bless you guys. And uh, thanks for being a part of our church. And I want to give condolences to the family of Ray Prince. He's a longtime ECC member who passed away this last week. And family, we're praying for you. And what a legacy of faith he has. We're just excited to be a part of that and uh, just want to welcome you wherever you're at in central Illinois, the state, the world. Uh, Thank you for joining us online and those of you who are gathered here today, it's good to be in the house of the Lord on the day of the Lord together and to sing his praises. Amen? Well, hey, listen, here's the deal. If you're visiting... No matter who you are, you're here, you're there, wherever you are, if you can hear my voice, you can text hello to that number on the screen, and we will pray with you, we'll get you connected, we'll introduce you to Jesus. We really want to do a journey with you. Uh, I don't know if do a journey is the word, but we want to we take a journey with you. Sometimes the journey feels like it's being done. All right, well, you may not know it, but we've already practiced what I'm going to preach today from Leviticus chapter 2. We've already practiced it. Uh, I love practicing what I preach, and today we've already done that in this setting. The songs that we've sung together is a way of giving thanks, and that's what Leviticus 2 is about. Uh, another way to thank God is through prayer, and we've prayed and we thank God for the things that He's given us. As a matter of fact, we actually sang a song today called Grateful for all the stuff that we are grateful for in Jesus Christ. Communion is another way. Remembering the body and the blood of Jesus Christ is another way of saying thank you to God for what he's done for us. And uh, many of us have given already online. One of the great things about COVID is 75% of the people of Eastview give online now. And so uh, just don't forget that. But if you want to, there's boxes at the back that you can give again. And giving is actually a way to say thank you to God for all that he's done. All of these things are technically offerings, but we think of offering as the passing of the plate. But whenever we have a grateful heart and we give something, whether it's words or it's money or it's time or it's service, when we give something to God, that is thanksgiving. And that brings us to Leviticus chapter 2. In fact, all of the first seven chapters of Leviticus, easy for me to say, my lips are not in, you know, prime preaching condition yet should have done more exercises. Uh, But Leviticus chapter 2 and the first seven chapters of Leviticus are all about these five offerings that the Lord designates that you and I can bring before him. And so today we're going to begin by learning about this grain offering or this thank offering from Leviticus chapter 2. By the way, this is going to be without a doubt the best sermon you've ever heard from Leviticus chapter 2 is probably the only one you've ever heard from Leviticus chapter two, and may never hear it again. But here's what I want you to understand: uh, that th- when I'm going to read this in just a moment, I believe it's the word of the Lord. I believe it's going to come alive. I believe it's going to change you, even if you're not a churchy, biblically person. So don't get four verses into this. The temptation is going to be, say, man, who cares about this boring stuff about some old grain offerings from 3,500 years ago? The reality is, is that this Leviticus chapter two is about Jesus and it's about you. So, you ready to read? Let's do it. Leviticus chapter 2. When anyone brings a grain offering as an offering to the Lord, his offering shall be of fine flour. He shall pour oil on it and put frankincense on it, and he shall bring it to Aaron's sons, the priest, and he shall take from it a handful of fine flour and oil with all of its frankincense, and the priest shall burn this as a memorial portion on the altar, a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. But the rest of the grain offering shall be for Aaron and his sons it is a most holy part of the Lord's food offerings. When you bring a grain offering baked in the oven as an offering, it shall be of unleavened breads, of fine flour mixed with oil, or unleavened wafers smeared with oil. And if uh, if your offering is a grain offering baked on a griddle, it shall be of fine flour unleavened mixed with oil. You shall break it in pieces, pour oil on it. It is a grain offering. And if your offering is a grain offering cooked in a pan, It shall be made of fine flour with oil, and you shall bring the grain offering that is made of these things to the Lord, and when it's presented to the priest, he shall bring it to the altar. Okay, don't drift on me now. God's still speaking. And the priest, verse 9, shall take from the grain offering its memorial portion and burn this on the altar, a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. But the rest of the grain offering shall be for Aaron and his sons. It is a most holy part of the Lord's food offerings. No grain offering that you bring to the Lord shall be made with leaven, for you shall burn no leaven nor any honey as a food offering to the Lord. As an offering of first fruits, you may bring them to the Lord, but they shall not be offered on the altar for a pleasing aroma. You shall, uh, you shall season all of your grain offerings with salt. You shall not let, any, uh, l- not let the salt of the covenant with your God be missing from your grain offering. With all your offerings, you shall offer salt. If you offer the grain offering of first fruits to the Lord. You shall offer the grain offering of your first fruits, fresh ears or roasted corn. Uh, I'm sorry, I just said corn because it's ears of corn. I live in Illinois. (laughs) That's not what the word of the Lord says though. All right, let's get it right. If you offer first fruits, fresh ears, roasted with fire, crushed new grain, you shall put oil on it and lay frankincense on it. It is a grain offering, and the priest shall burn as its memorial portion some of the crushed grain, some of the oil with all this frankincense. It is a food offering to the Lord. Chapter 2 of Leviticus. Let's pray. God, would you move now in our hearts? I believe that your spirit, as I declare the word and I read your written word, the Bible, that points to your living word, Jesus, your spirit's already stirring us, stirring me. So would you just come in this place now and touch every heart, God? My intention is to lift up your son, Jesus, in his name so that everyone is drawn closer. God, would you create in us grateful hearts? Would you make us live out these songs that we've sung this morning? And if there's someone that's far from you today, Lord, would you bring them in to to faith in Jesus Christ today and all the great gifts and blessings that come with that? God, um, that's a tall order, but it's easy for you. So would you move now in this sermon, in this time that we get to spend together? I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So here's the deal. We are are going to be in Leviticus 2, and I got to start off this sermon with this question, which is going to be the question that I'm asking all the next four weeks What can I offer God? It's a question that probably all of us, if we believe that God is real, even if you're not a believer of God, you've asked this question If there is a God, if there is a supernatural being of the universe, what can I offer him? And it's really important because this word that we find in Leviticus 2 that is the word offering, the Hebrew word literally means to approach or to come near. When you bring an offering to God, you're approaching God or coming near to God. So do you see how important this is? It's not just what can I throw on the offering plate, it's how can I come near to God? Don't you want to know? I do. I want to get close to the God of the universe and this offering series is a chance for us to answer the question, what can I offer God? Well, the first and most obvious answer, at least for me, maybe you're a little bit more confident. What do I have to offer God? Not much. There's not much I can bring the God of the universe who creates it all and spends it all and makes it all happen, breathes life into all of it. It's like buying a gift for someone who's super rich they have, have you ever done this You're like, it's their birthday, it's Christmas, we got to buy them a gift. But they have everything. Well, God literally has everything. What can I offer God? What can I bring before him that will draw me into his presence? Well, one of the offerings that we find in the Old Testament was this grain offering. It's also known as a thank offering. So we're going to talk today about thanksgiving and about gratefulness. Let me just only give the sermon away right now, but pay attention the rest of the time. What can I offer God? thank you. It's always acceptable. It always brings us into his presence. The quickest way into the presence of God, I believe, is by giving thanks to him for all he's done. And if that's true, if we can come into the presence of God and have fellowship with him by simply saying, thank you, then we need to figure out how to do that. And we're going to figure that out by looking at Leviticus chapter 2. Maybe you were surprised or a little confused as we read through Leviticus chapter 2. I want to break it down for you. By the way, people say this all the time. Man, how do you read that passage and get all that stuff out of it? Because I read it a hundred times in the week. If you read this passage a hundred times, it'll start being clear to you. My job is to come and say, man, I've had a great meal this week in the Word. Can I serve you some? Here's the grain offerings. Here's how they break down according to this this passage. You can bring a grain offering of fine flour, just a cup of flour. Maybe you borrow it from your relatives because you're in the middle of a recipe and you don't have any. You can just bring flour. Seems like they just grab a handful of flour with some frankincense and some oil. That's an offering. In verse four, you can bring it baked as loaves. We've seen the unleavened loaves of bread that are baked in a lot of the ceremonial stuff for God. You can bring wafers baked on a griddle. I probably think when I hear griddle, I think of pancakes, but you think of very, very thin, breakable, because that's what they did with these wafers. You can bring your grain cooked in a pan. You like cream of wheat? Bring it to God. Okay? You can cook it up in a pan and you can bring it to Him. These are the, these are the, the, the ramification, or these, these are the requirements that God gives concerning grain offerings. You can bring crushed and roasted grain. You can just bring the heads of grain, you can bring off the ear. You just bring it before God, and that's an acceptable offering. Now, what's the point here? The point is Thanksgiving. The grain offering, and I am put this phrase up here that I'm going to go through here for us today, the grain offering was a tangible expression of gratitude that was practical, simple, and inclusive. We're going to go through all that in just a moment. First, you might be asking yourself this question. I didn't see gratitude in Leviticus chapter 2. And in fact, you don't. You don't see gratitude, you don't see thanksgiving, you don't see anything that would indicate this is a thank offering. Where did I get this from? Well, from the Bible. You go to Leviticus chapter seven, verse 12, it calls this grain offering a thanksgiving sacrifice. Then if you go to chapter two of Leviticus, I've got all those in there uh, in your notes for you to go look at later. By the way, hi, John and Leslie, it's good to see you guys. Oh, some of my small group, all right, it's good to be with you guys. Uh, Focus! Chapter 22 says, when you sacrifice a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord. So what I'm trying to tell you is that this grain offering, everything that was required of it, was called a thank offering in the context of the Jewish mind, right? And so the reality is it becomes this picture of how we say thanks to God. Yes, we're offering God grain, but what we're really giving him is thanksgiving from our heart. See, that's what it... That's what it says here, we offer God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform our vows to the Most High, Psalm 50 verse 14. We are offering God thanksgiving. This becomes the offering. God made a tangible way to express it, being thankful, because He said, "You can bring grain." and that's your way of saying, "Hey, God, here's some cereal. Some in some versions it's called a cereal offering. Bring your fruit loops. Here, you know, bring your Wheaties, whatever you got, bring them before God. It's a tangible way to say to God, God, I'm thankful for what you've done. But really what God wants, as with all of these offerings we're going to talk about over the next several weeks, he wants our heart. And what he wants from a grain offering is for us to be thankful. And this is very practical. If I go back to this, this uh, this statement, the grain offering was a tangible expression of gratitude. It was very practical. Very, I said. Very practical. It's practical in two ways. First of all, it's a grain offering as a thanksgiving to God for what? For grain. God said, I'm going to make stuff grow. You're going to plant it. You're going to farm it. You're going to take care of it. I'm going to give sunshine. I'm going to give rain. It's going to grow. When it grows, would you just give some of it back to me? as a a sign of thanksgiving? We can see this, you know, for those of you who are not with us in central Illinois, we see this all around us now. There are crops growing in the fields. Uh, They were planted earlier this spring. Well, with the rain and stuff, it was a little later, I think. But now they're growing. I don't know a thing about it. Farmers know how to farm. They know how to grow stuff. But here's what I know. Every farmer talks about this all the time, rain and sun. You know why? Because they can't control the rain and the sun. So when the harvest comes in, they can go, look, I'm a great farmer, I did this. Yes, but God made it grow. And the grain offering is a way for us to say to God, God, you gave me all this stuff. I just want to say thanks by giving some of it back to you. So I got some grain, God, here's a pancake. I got some grain, God, here's some porridge. I had some grain, God, here's a loaf of bread as a thanksgiving to you. There's another practical part of this offering. You might have noticed this in verses 3 and 10, Leviticus 2. Let us read three. The rest of the grain offering shall be for Aaron and his sons. It's the most holy part of the Lord's food offerings. This is how they fed the priests. You ever wonder how priests who do nothing else but just walk around the tabernacle serving and praying and doing sacrifices, how are they going to eat? They didn't have an inheritance. Remember, their inheritance was the Lord. How are they going to be taken care of? Well, the Lord said, I'm going to do this really cool thing. You can thank me and you can serve others at the same time. There's a whole other sermon on that that I don't have time for, but often what happens is the thank offerings from grateful people to God often serve the people of God. Paul actually uses this in the New Testament to, to talk about why you should pay pastors and workers in the church. Did you know that? Did you know a lot of your offering goes every week, it goes to pay our staff, our pastors and our leaders and our staff to do the jobs they do, right? Right? And that's part of the, the design. God designs it so that when we're thankful, other people uh, can benefit from it. And so that's what God's up to in this thing. It's very practical, it's also very simple. See this? One of the things that we got together, the preaching team this week, and we started, we love how simple this is. You thankful? Just bring some grain. There's a few stipulations. You have to have oil and frankincense, no leaven, no honey. And always salt. And you're sitting there going, Pastor, would you ask, answer this theology question, why salt and no honey? The theology answer is, I have no idea. <laughs> we really don't know. This is one of those puzzling things. What does salt mean in this covenant? We don't know. Why no honey? We don't know. Maybe it'll just get sticky all over the grill and the, and the altar that God doesn't want a sticky altar. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But what we do know is that we can bring these different forms of grain to, to, uh, to offer God our thanksgiving. Now, what's cool about this is you might look at all these different ways of, you know, in a pan, on a griddle, baked, it, just a lump of flour, uh, is a bunch of flour. Uh, and you might look at those and go, wow, that's a really extensive thing. Where did these things come from? These things come from the kitchen and the homes of the Israelite people. God's just basically saying, look around. You eating bread? Bring me some bread. You, you got some grain? Bring me some grain. He's allowing us to bring what we have. Listen, God doesn't require us all to bring the same thing because we're thankful, but he does want us to bring something. He wants us to bring what we have. All of us here bring different things to the church because we're thankful. But we get to choose. We get to bring what, what is available to us. And, it, and that leads us to this, this last word here. It's inclusive. This grain offering is inclusive. Verse 1, if you're grateful, you want to bring an offering, you can bring this offering. Who? Look in verse 1. Anyone. Who can bring an offering of thanksgiving before the Lord? I just told you. This is the part where you can talk in in church, (laughs) not get in trouble. Anyone, when anyone brings a grain offering, anybody can do this. If you have grain and you're thankful, anyone can do it. I love the inclusiveness of this. And I would want to notice a couple of things about, uh, about the fact that everyone can do it. This thank offering, first of all, is voluntary. Did you notice that I didn't give you any, like, hey, do it on this day, bring this much? In fact, it's it's voluntary because you can do it anytime you're thankful. There must have been a constant stream of people coming to the tabernacle throughout the year going, man, great crop this year. Hey, I got a raise. Hey, I, I've been blessed. I want to say thanks to God. Here it is. It's voluntary. And, and it also doesn't it doesn't specify any time or quantity. This may not be profound to you, but it's profound to me because here's the deal. When you're thankful, if you bring a million dollars or one dollar, God accepts them both. If you bring 10 pancakes... Or one little handful of flour, God goes, you're welcome. Thank you for giving me thanks and praising me for what I've done. It is inclusive because anyone can do it. You can volunteer at any time to bring this thank offering, and you can bring whatever you have, and God accepts it. In the same way for us, there's not an amount of praise or thanksgiving that we can offer to God that's not enough. If you are thankful in your heart to God today, that's a good offering. What can you offer God? Thank you. Which brings us to the Eucharist. We see Leviticus chapter 2 being played out in the Eucharist where Jesus set the example of thanksgiving, and then he became the thank sacrifice or the thank offering. Now, when I'm saying this word Eucharist, some of you are unfamiliar with this word. It sounds weird to you. If you grew up in a Catholic church or a more formal church setting, then you know what Eucharist is. But if you're a Protestant, like I was raised, I don't know what Eucharist is. I thought it was a card game in Indiana growing up. But that's euchre. If you play euchre, you're a eucharist. <laughs> Turns out, that's not what the word has to do anything with. Right? It sounds weird to some of us, but it's a word that we get from the Scripture in Luke chapter 22. Then I'm going to explain this to you, what eucharist is all about, how it ties into Leviticus chapter 2. He took the bread, and when he had given thanks... He broke it and he gave to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup after they had eaten saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. At this last supper before he died, Jesus gives us an example of this offering of his gratefulness and his thanksgiving. Jesus, hours before they took him and beat the snot out of him and hung him on a tree, Hours before that happened, he sat down with his apostles and lifted some bread and said, thank you. That's powerful. That's powerful stuff. This is not the sermon, but it should be, and it could be for you. Jesus proves that no matter what cross you're facing, you can be thankful in the middle of it. Right? Because some of you guys aren't feeling zippity-doo-dah, happy, grateful today. I know it. Because I see the prayer list, and I know what's going on in many of your lives, and you're going, Pastor, I'm not feeling this whole grateful thing today, I'm not feeling thankful today, I've got cancer, I've got problems with my kids, or I've got problems with my finances, I lost my job, I don't want to, to move or not, I've got all kinds of stuff swirling about my head and my heart, and I'm, I'm just really confused, and I'm not feeling grateful. Jesus proves that even if you're facing the cross in a few hours, you can still say Thanks. You can still offer God thanks for all that he's done. That brings us to the word Eucharist. See those those two words, Given thanks, when he had given thanks? I'm going to teach you something today. Give you some knowledge. Eucharist. It's the Greek word eucharisteo. This is another example from translators in the English language taking the Greek word and just making up a new English word. Eucharisteo risteo becomes Eucharist. It literally means to be grateful and to give thanks. So if you're a Catholic faith and you come to the communion table, it is your Eucharist. You are giving thanks for the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. For us, it's communion. It's the Lord's Supper. It's the Lord's Table. It's the Last Supper. But it's all the same thing. Like the grain offering from the ancient people of God, this weekly meal becomes a memorial, a thank offering for Jesus' death and burial and resurrection Jesus does these two things in this meal he gives thanks that's our example and he gives his life that's what we're thankful for he gives us every reason to be thankful his sacrifice is why we're grateful for all that we have and all these done in our lives you might be thinking that I'm picking this you know I'm just picking and choosing what scriptures I want to go to this is all from Leviticus 2 y'all Okay, open your Bibles, double dog dare you, scroll down, scroll up, flip the page, look in Leviticus chapter 2, verse 4, unleavened loaves, does that sound familiar? Communion, unleavened bread, you can break them, break these wafers, broken bread at the table, hmm, does that sound familiar? You can anoint it with oil. This is how familiar in the Old Testament, every king, every prophet, every priest was anointed with oil, and here we have the king of kings, the lord of lords, prophet, priest, and king, Jesus, sitting at a table, breaking bread. This is my body, anointed with oil. By the way, this is really even cooler. This is extra stuff. If you're not ready for 401 stuff right now, just take a deep breath. But if you look in this word that's translated in the ESV, verse 4, you can smear these wafers with oil. The word for smear there is mashach, which is a form of the word Mashiach, which is the word Messiah. The Messiah is smeared all over the wafer. That's what it means. There's Jesus all over the place in this passage from from Leviticus chapter 2, not even to mention that this is a memorial meal, verses 1 and 9 and 16. Underline it. You can write in your Bibles. Not like I did when I was a kid. I got in trouble. But, but this is supposed to be a, a, mo, a most holy part of the Lord's offer. I'm sorry, verse uh, 3, 2 is what I'm looking at. It's a memorial portion on the altar. Why do we come to this table every week? Why do we celebrate Eucharist? Why do we say, thank you, God? Because Jesus Christ became the sacrifice, broken body for our sins, the anointed one, and we remember it every week. And so that means that we can take this passage from Leviticus chapter 2, And we can translate it into our Christ following lives. It's very similar. I've just substituted a few words. Instead of a grain offering, offering thanksgiving is a tangible expression of gratitude that is practical and simple and inclusive. I've tried to tell you that's why, and I've tried to tell you that's who Jesus. If you miss Jesus, you've missed the whole point. And now I'm trying to tell you how. We also can offer thanksgiving. And, and, and as I said, I come into this sermon understanding very clearly, not everyone is feeling gratitude right now. You might know, be like, well, I went to church today and I was grumpy and the pastor may be more grumpy talking about being grateful. I'm not feeling it. Well, maybe an old hymn from when I was growing up can help you. Count your blessings is the name of the hymn that we used to sing when I was a little kid. Maybe you guys went to a traditional church like I did, and you remember this this verse. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost. Now, everybody can relate to those lines. We're in a storm. It's tempest. I'm tossed. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know what the next step is. And I'm discouraged. I think all is lost. I understand every time I come in here together with Christians, whether it's here or during the week, there are people who are in the middle of the storm feeling tossed back and forth. And here's my stupid face going, Say thanks. Be thankful. But the rest of the song gets us to how we can get, how can you be thankful in the midst of the storm? Here it is. It's good theology, it's Leviticus 2, it's the Last Supper. Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. You know what's surprising? How much the Lord's blessed you. And the reality is for most of our lives, it's not that we haven't been blessed, it's that we've forgotten how blessed we are. We just forget. And so this song says, hey, count them. Count them. Count your blessings. It might just surprise you what the Lord has done. It might just surprise you how really blessed you are. Is there anybody here who can testify, this is your chance to talk in church. Anybody have a blessing, something you're grateful for today? Anyone? Say it. What is it? Life. Somebody say a new car? Family, New apartment. family. Grandkids, Eastview. Who? New house. Health family I can't hear them all if you're if you're not here right now you're watching this online or you're visiting today and you're a little bit weirded out I'm having the people tell me what they're thankful for today I suppose there are thousands and thousands of things count your blessings there's a lot of them you can be grateful for the sunrise for the birds singing for health for coffee for your friends for a smile for a baby's laughter You can be thankful for a church, but here's the thing that you're most thankful for. By the way, I didn't hear anybody say pastor. (laughs) I mean, I thought you missed me. Thank you. God bless you again. I'm just kidding. Uh, But the thing that you should be most thankful for is Jesus. If you're not a follower of Jesus here today, you may not be thankful, but because we're followers of Jesus Christ, the idea of counting blessings and being grateful is possible. Because if you knew Jesus the way we knew Jesus, you would be thankful. He loves us. He died for us. He's making something new in us. He's never going to change. He's never going to stop loving us. He's never going to break his promise. He's never going to divorce us, not going to leave us. He's got an eternal life for us. He's got life for us now. He's got a spirit that lives in us. He's got a spirit that empowers us. Is anybody thankful for anything? I don't even need all the stuff that we normally thank God for to be thankful today. I just need Jesus. And if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you're watching online, would you just text hello right now? We want to talk to you about how you can start living a grateful life. This is not only something that's, you know, something we should do all the time, but it's practical, right? Hebrews 12, 28 says it this way, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. There's another reason to be thankful. You can't shake the kingdom of God. I'm in it. Hebrews twelve twenty eight. you can't shake the kingdom of God. We should be grateful for that. For all that God has done, the practical response is simply to say thank you, That's the thing that makes the most sense. Remember the story of the 10 lepers? What what freaked Jesus out more than anything else was not that he was able to overcome this thing called leprosy. That's easy for him. What he could not believe is that nine guys didn't come back and say thank you. It's just natural. If you are filled with leprosy and Jesus touches you and you are not, here's a simple thing. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) It's not only practical, but it's simple. It's simple. The way that we can praise God is just simply with our voice, with our heart, with our actions, with our lives. We don't bring bread, we don't bring grain, we don't bring flour, but we can sing or say anytime we want, thank you, Jesus. Hebrews thirteen fifteen, another passage from, uh, from Hebrews says, through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. I hope that you and I will practice this idea of thanksgiving more, because I think it's a part of our witness. I wish that more of us were so thankful that we walked around our workplace and our communities and our neighborhoods and our school activities, and people were like, what's up with them? Because we're so grateful. Because we are the people that are always thankful for the things we have, See, this offering of praise for anyone is inclusive because anybody can do it as we follow Jesus Christ. You don't have to be blessed like many of us think about blessing. See, part of the idea of blessing in our culture is we think it's all about stuff. And I'm blessed because I'm successful. I'm blessed because I got this car. I'm blessed because I had this success in my life or this title or whatever. And that's true. If if there's anything good in your life, it's a blessing from the Lord. Don't take credit for it. But the things that really matter are things that, that we take for granted, like a place to sleep the clothes that you are wearing, shoes you got on. And do, you have, do you have a penny? Do you have a dollar? Do you have health? Do you have a smile? Do you have breath? Do you have this day? See, here's the reality is, and I just have to tell you, the most grateful people I've ever met are Christian brothers and sisters who live in extreme poverty in Haiti and Kenya India and El Salvador. I promise you, when they when they say, hey, shout to the Lord in the middle of a song, they shout. When they say clap, it's not like, I'll give you two lines, pastor, I'm done. Out. When they say, I can't stand, I can't sit still, I got to declare your and We're sitting there going, I can't sit still, declare. They celebrate. They smile. They dance. They clap. And if you're there, you're going, what are you clapping for? You live in the Cabarrus slum. I've seen where you live. What are you clapping for? You live in Piot, in a, in a hut. What are you clapping for? Here's what they're clapping for. And this is a, a lesson for me and for those of you who don't know Jesus Christ. For all of us today, they're clapping because they have Jesus. And that's enough. I, I want to give you the reason to be grateful today. Jesus. That's all you need. If you're really truly grateful for what he's done in your life, then everything else in life will be something you can be thankful for. Here's the verse that I want you to take with you that I believe I've witnessed in a lot of different settings throughout the world, and even here with brothers and sisters of Christ at Eastview. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Why could this be the will of God? Why is it God's will for us to be grateful? Why does God want us to to be like the people of the Old Testament, Leviticus 2, who brought a grain offering? Why would he design an offering where we have to bring grain to say thank you? Because he wants us to come before him and be thankful because in the midst of that thankfulness, we have fellowship with him. Guys, remember what I said at the beginning of the sermon? Offering means to come near. And God is saying, you want to be near? Come into my presence with thanksgiving. If there's anything here today you have to be grateful for, if you can name one thing you are thankful for in Jesus Christ, the answer to the question, what can I offer God, is just simply in these two words, thank you. That's what you can offer. And he always accepts it. You know how I know? Because three times in this passage, I'm squeezing it out to the very last drop. Verse 2 Verse 9, verse 16, these two words about this grain offering, it's a pleasing aroma to God. He accepts grain offerings. And honestly, between the two of you, I don't think he likes the smell of burning bread or burning flour or burning grain. I think what comes into his nostrils, what he really loves the smell of, is a thankful people. And so today, we're going to be thankful we're going to be the kind of people that God wants us to be. We're going to be what he desires for us in Christ Jesus. Grateful. Thankful. Listen, God knows we can't bring much, but we can say thank you. Let's be thankful people this week. Amen? Amen.